0: today on the travel guys in the travel news a southwest pilot decides naked is the way to go in the cockpit and marriott is sued for lying to its guests we'll tell you why details in the travel news if you're thinking of an extended trip on
1: amtrak we have some great tips about things to take with you on the train in our smarter traveler segment that's coming up at three twenty.
0: comedian steve trevino is often referred to as america's husband He'll be in Sacramento soon at the Punchline, and at 3.35 today, he'll be right here talking funny with us.
1: Guess which city is one of the highest-ranked foodie towns in this United States? We have the top ten and an update on the travel trends of centennials at 3.50. Where do the youngest
0: travelers want to go? We'll fill you in right here today on The Travel Guys. On the road again.
2: Just can't wait to get on the road again. I've got two tickets to paradise. Look to, to Alaska,
1: go north to Russia's your zone. Call oh, our one manly
2: man. I come from a land of I've the rains down in Africa. Get your kicks.
1: with the show welcome welcome everyone to another edition of the travel and entertainment guys the radio show designed to help make you a smarter traveler and entertain you along the way i'm tom romano right over there is mark hoffman and uh we're the guys the travel and entertainment guys thanks for coming along mark how you doing
0: i'm doing pretty good how are you mr romano Doing
1: well, doing well. Kind of enjoying the last part of what it kind of looks like summer. I keep thinking we're going to get fall here. It kind of feels like it may be early in the morning. But uh, by the time the day rolls on, uh, I can't decide whether uh, whether I want to get in a swimming pool or whether that's just a crazy idea. 85-90 I,
0: I- about my favorite My favorite temperature, I guess that would probably be the case for a lot of people, but the evenings kind of cool off nicely, and like you said, the mornings are a little bit crisp, but not, you know, just about cold enough, you have to think about putting a jacket on. Hey, listen, uh, before we get started with the news today, something kind of important I wanted to just uh, mention to our traveling friends because I think we've kind of put everything COVID-related on the back burner or taken it off the stove altogether and put it out in the backyard. Um, The reality is that... This is not completely over yet. It might still be a problem or an issue for us. And we have a remedy that I think most people, particularly travelers, are kind of ignoring right now. And I just wanted to kind of call it to folks' attention. There's a new booster shot out. Uh, For those of us who travel, uh, I can't speak to personal situations, but for myself, I got COVID, didn't get real sick. Uh, We ran a lot of tours. I own a tour company here in Sacramento, ran a lot of tours this summer. With 20, 30 people on them, frequently trips came back without anybody sick at all. Um, Once in a while, somebody did get COVID. In some cases, we had a handful of folks who came back and reported sick. But interestingly enough, because our company requires full vaccination and the booster shot before you can travel, we didn't have, to my knowledge, any outbreaks of folks who got really seriously ill. So I might suggest that having that booster shot enables you to be able to travel the country or the planet with some measure of security. So since those booster shots, the medical people tell us, after about six months tend to kind of wear off, it would be a good idea if you're thinking about traveling over the winter or the spring of next year to consider getting that booster shot now. So consider this your radio host nagging you. I'm going to go get mine next week. Have you gotten yours yet, Mr. Romano?
1: No, but next week sounds like a good time. I, uh, it's it's time to get the flu shot and time to get the booster as well, and they're definitely on my uh, on my short list.
0: I just it may not be something that people are going to require for you to be able to travel, but I just think it makes sense if you're going to travel to be to get that booster shot. And therefore, you're just a little bit more protected. You'll also be a little bit more protected maybe when you go to the grocery store or church on Sunday or anything else. But anyway, that's my uh, that's my nag of the day is go out and get that booster shot so that you'll be able to travel safely. If you've traveled safely this summer and it, you are vaccinated and boosted, guess what? That might be the reason.
1: There you go. And you heard it here on the Travel Guys. And what you uh, will normally hear if you tune in on a regular basis at the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we bring you up to date on what's been going on in the travel news. And with the latest travel news, and it looks a little weird to me, here comes
0: Mark. If you are planning a trip to Florida anytime time in the foreseeable future from a tourism standpoint... Uh, maybe think again. If you're going down there to help somebody out, that's a whole different situation. But uh, things are pretty – it, it, Florida airports are running delays. Uh, Fort Lauderdale today was running about an hour delayed for everything. Um, and they're only running a limited schedule. And they're on. Remember, Fort Lauderdale is on the other side from where the hurricane was. So Fort Myers is really having some 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 struggles down there. Tampa's still having some delays and stuff like that. Plus, it's hard to get to the airports, obviously down there. So if you're planning a trip to Florida or anywhere in the Southwest, there, Southwest Florida, uh, in the next few weeks, make sure you do your homework before you go, so that it you'll know that the places that you are going to are open, and at least you'll be able to get around. Um, Hong Kong is trying to entice travelers with free air tickets. The number of international visitors in Hong Kong fell off from, oh, let's say, uh, 56 million in 2019 to 184,000 last year. Man. So on a percentage standpoint, I don't know what that is, but I would say that's probably, well, that's not even... One percent or even half a percent. Anyway, Hong Kong's international visitors fell off dramatically. Hong Kong's airport authority plans to give away 500,000 airline tickets um, to attract people to come there. However, there are still some significant issues for tourists heading into Hong Kong. You have to take a arrival test, antigen test on days two, four and six of your visit and take a rapid, anti- rapid antigen test every day of the first week following your arrival. You oh boy! It just t-
1: sounds like oh that is sounding fun. Let's just Doesn't go. It- <laughs>
0: so the free no, airline. I'm sorry, ticket. I don't
1: have to. I don't have time to take that that, that uh, you know that that tour today because I'm going to be taking COVID it, tests all day. Ex-
0: exactly. So you might you, you can get into Hong Kong, but you might want to wait just a little bit while, a little bit longer before you. Uh, uh, head out. Delta Airlines has is enhancing benefits for SkyMiles medallion members. That's the headline. The behind the scenes information is the reason that those are enhanced is because the requirements to reach some of the levels if you're a Delta SkyMiles uh, member for next year are going up. So Delta is kind of taking inflation into account. I suspect we will see this from the other carriers from American and United also. But already Delta has basically said, look, um, we're going to raise the requirements for the first time since 2015 because maybe it's getting a little too easy to get to the top of the pyramid. So we're going to knock a few people off. If you are a Delta SkyMiles member, you might want to check into that. Talk Tours, probably the most reputable tour company on the planet. Um, has reduced, some of, its,
1: vacations.
0: <laughs> has reduced um, some of its single supplements for 2023. So if you love to travel with talk tours and you are a single traveler, which can be kind of expensive. You know, Tom, if you travel single, you, you don't have the benefit of you're traveling with your wife. Two of you are sharing a hotel room. So when you buy any kind of a tour package, the cost of all of those hotel rooms for your trip for two days or ten days or whenever is split among two people. When one person is traveling, then you have to pay for that whole hotel room. And frequently, the hotel room costs the same or very close to the same as it mm-hmm. does for two travelers. So for an individual person, think about it, a $200 a night hotel room, you're paying for the whole thing. So it's an extra $100 a night over the course of a 10-day trip. That's 1000 bucks. So Tauk has reduced some single supplements, which is uh, going to help single travelers. So if you are a Tauk Tours fan, uh, Tauktours.com will get you a list of 63 different cruises and tours that Tauk has reduced the supplement by as much as $1,000 to help single travelers. All right, here's the juicy stuff. Yeah, Um, we've
1: been waiting. You (laughs) tease this. You're just like the TV news people that tease it at the top, and then 45 minutes later, they tell you about the
0: naked guy from Southwest (laughs) Pilot thing. Go ahead. This is really hard to believe. Um, A male pilot has pleaded guilty. To locking the cockpit door and disrobing in front of a fellow female pilot, um, he insisted it was a consensual prank gone bad. Um, I'm certain <laughs> the gone of the gone bad part. Um, yeah, uh, he they got into the pilot up into the cockpit. Apparently, this was going to be his last flight. Um, it was in August of 2021 from Philadelphia to Orlando. Once the plane reached cruising altitude, the male pilot, who the female had never met before. Uh, he was a 27-year-old, vet, 27-year veteran of yeah. uh, of Southwest. Stood up and said yeah. there was something he always wanted to do before retiring. That's when the pilot <laughs> alleged alleged the female pilot alleged that the male pilot deadbolted the door to the flight deck and disrobed entirely, began watching a pornographic movie on his laptop, committing a lewd, lewd act. I'll leave it to your <sighs> imagination as to what he might have been doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the pilot's attorney said he only stripped naked as part of a consensual prank prank between the two pilots and that the female pilot encouraged him to do so the female pilot says <laughs> not so much so um this is kind of interesting i i really and truly what would i, I it's
1: beyond well me. you know he explained it he was retiring and uh it was something that he always wanted to do and uh he had one last opportunity and uh the, uh, the co-pilot, if you will, uh, said, yeah, okay, if that's what you go and want to do, uh, let's, see, let's do it. And, uh, you know, I mean, what are they going to do, fire you? I suppose. We could, they could, well, yeah, they he's could definitely retiring his, now. Suspend his pension
0: or something? I <laughs> well, don't know. he could end up with some kind of, I don't know if that's considered sexual assault or how that works Only if out. if she
1: presses charges or something.
0: It sounds like she's not very happy with him. So I, I just, you know, my dad, Tom, was an air traffic controller. Uh oh. For, for all of his you're career, not gonna, you're, not, you're not gonna,
1: you're not gonna tell an air traffic controller naked story. Well,
0: you, no, dad, but I'm just gonna tell you that um, my dad reti- would have retired. Let's see, probably he's been deceased now for a few years. He would have retired oh, probably ten, fifteen years ago. I can okay. remember flying on airplanes when I was a teenager and in my early twenties and telling. Uh, flight attendants and the like. You know, my dad's probably landing this airplane at the airport. Right. And, and I spent some time in control towers, and this was back in the day before there were very many female pilots, and certainly before there were very many female controllers. That's not the case now. There are quite a few female controllers in, in, in towers, and there are lots of female pilots. But the language and the conduct back then was Unbelievable. I mean in terms of being improper was oh it was a very male very very male dominated environment <laughs> so I my, the point of all of this is I can see why this pilot veteran of so many years thought in some convoluted way that this was going to be funny or in, or, or 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 some kind of thing that he had always talked to his friends about doing or something like that because yeah. that's the way these guys all used to behave so for a there long time go. they thought that that was pretty much okay so the uh, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll find out now that it's not. All right. Anyway, leaving the naked pilot in the Southwest cockpit, um, this is the story that really does mean a lot. Uh, Marriott has been sued for lying to consumers to make more money. That's the headline from our friends at Travelers United. Um, this is, as you might imagine, over resort fees. And the uh. fact that Marriott doesn't re- reveal resort fees in many cases, when you are booking a hotel room and you go to the Marriott website – and it says the hotel is $185. It doesn't say in fine print below it on that screen next to the price plus a $33 ho- resort fee or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not there. You have to get to a screen where it's priced it out. It's adding the taxes in and now It says, oh, and by the way, here's the parking charge. Here's the resort fee charge. Travelers United is saying, how about if we put that on the first screen? How about if we put all of these hidden charges that you're going to charge people on the first screen? So that the $185 hotel room, which is really $267 when you get done with the pricing, prices out on the first screen at $267. What an idea. Well, that's novel. Of course, the hotels are kind of against this, but uh, now along comes attorney generals, attorneys general, who have decided that, uh, especially the District of Columbia attorney general, who has decided to sue Marriott. Because it says you're lying to consumers. You're telling them that this is the price. And when they get to the last screen, now you're telling them that this is the price. And it's not acceptable. And good for him. You know, these Travelers United guys, they fight these battles for us travelers. um, And they don't win most of them. And the ones they win, they fight for five or ten years. This is probably going to be one of them. They've been on this resort fee thing for a while. But I think they're going to win this one. I, I think. Depends on probably who controls Congress um come the second week of november but i think that there's a shot that uh this that that marriott and the hotels may be forced to reveal what pricing really is anyway long travel news lots of stuff to say that's your travel news for today
1: there you go unfortunately it won't mean that the the resort fees will go away it just means that you will find out about them uh a little sooner than later All right, all right. Coming up on the Travel Guys, we're going to talk about uh, Amtrak. If you're going on an extended trip on Amtrak, we've got some great tips about things to take with you. That's next here on the Travel Guys. It's all about travel. It's all about making you a smarter travel, and that is the Travel and Entertainment Guys, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the entertainment part. We will share with you uh, after the news at the bottom of the hour when we... Bring on a a comedian that will be performing at the Punchline. Uh, You're going to enjoy this guy, all right? In the meantime, uh, Mark, what's this deal? I'm going to get on an Amtrak, and I'm going to take an extended trip. Uh, Do you have some advice as to what I need to bring or something? Yeah, this is is
0: kind of interesting. Uh, Lots of things come across because I'm the co-host of a travel program um, and, and have been for a few years now. A lot of things come down the Internet and stop at my doorstep. That have to do with travel. Some very interesting things I find. And this week, an article came that was written by actually someone from Sacramento who got on an Amtrak train and took an overnight trip. It didn't say whether, but I'm guessing it, it sounds like it might have been someplace, uh, might have been to Seattle or perhaps uh, going east. But anyway, this lady said that uh, there were some things that she brought on the train that, uh, that, she was glad that she brought. And so I thought they were some things that would be valuable for folks who like to take long train trips, or even if you're the person, you know, the difference between a train trip and a and flying. For example, I have a group uh, right now that's uh, just taking off from Dulles Airport headed for Sacramento this evening. They've come from Dublin, Ireland, Ireland this morning. Um, well, actually, very, very early this morning. They left at 1 a.m. Sacramento time. But they had a couple-hour layover in Washington, so they had time to eat. And if they needed some little sundry or something like that, there would have been a gift shop there where they could get it or, you know, a new bunion for your foot or whatever, you know, whatever you needed. And But when you're on a train, <laughs> when you're on a train, you don't have that opportunity. You can't get off and change trains and be able to – buy that little sundry item or the food item I mean, they you don't
1: have, have don't they have a, a gift shop in car number 32 uh, or something exactly exactly
0: so the, so it's more important to bring those things with you now another thing to know on amtrak there are two types of accommodations uh one is called a roomette and one is a full-size bedroom per se so the roomette is a much smaller accommodation that's what this lady had and it's much less expensive so if you are a single traveler We were talking earlier about the cost of single travel. If you're a single traveler, boy, the Amtrak roomette is one of the best bargains on the whole planet because it gives you, in essence, a sleeping area, a bigger area to be able to put your stuff, but it also isn't quite as expensive as a full bedroom, of course, more expensive than a regular suite seat. So anyway, what this lady brought was, besides snacks and things to eat um, along the way, um, she had access to the dining car because she was in the roomette so she could have lunch and dinner um, on board the train. She said she found, she brought a package of disinfecting wipes because that's just what she does still when she goes places and she's going to be mm-hmm. there all by herself. So that made perfect sense. Um, Amtrak had a couple of bottles of water for her already in her little uh, roomette cabin, but she had brought water on board with her. She brought an extra blanket, which turned out to be fortuitous because Amtrak had provided a little blanket, but it was very thin and very small. So a small blanket in your carry-on might not be a bad idea. This is something she pointed out that was really important. Wi-Fi on the train. Trains don't always run alongside the highway, and all, wi- all highways don't have great Wi-Fi. So not, right. all, not all train areas have great Wi-Fi. So she brought along movies and things that she could watch on her phone or on her device without having to have a signal. So that Uh was very smart, playing like she was on an airplane because there were places and not telling people that, hey, you know, I'll call you along the way necessarily because in some cases you wouldn't have that. She also thought one other – this is another really cool thing, idea she had. There's a way to lock these little roomettes, and she noticed that other people had brought a little lock with them so that when they left their room, they were able to secure – the room behind them, so a small padlock. I would never have thought of that. I thought that was the greatest idea mm. ever. But anyway, little blankets, some different things, uh, some good ideas of some different, different things that you might bring along with you on an Amtrak trip um, because of the fact that you can't get off and – and, you know, be able to change trains. I guess maybe you could if you were going a long way across the country, but you might be a couple of days. Listen, a couple of things, quick reminders here to make people a smarter traveler. I talk about this often, can't say it often enough. Don't buy points or miles from the airlines or the hotels or whomever. They have suddenly gone, these are just appearing in my box every day now. Um, Hilton was offering one-for-one, which is – Good as I've seen, Southwest was up to 50% a bonus if you buy miles. Folks, unless you're just a few miles or a few points short of a ticket and you need to cap off something in order to go somewhere, this is a sucker's bet. Um, never buy this stuff. They move the goalposts on how many miles and points you need for flights constantly. You never know how many that you're going to need on a particular day of the week or, uh, you know, the day before, the day after a holiday, the holiday itself. Don't buy these miles. It's a sucker's bet. Please, you can buy the stuff cheaper if you just pay cash for it. It's really a sucker's move. So no matter what they offer you, unless you just need to get someplace and you need a few miles or a few points, Please try to stay away from it. Um, Here's another little note that tells you the airlines are being successful in being able to separate you from your money. Um, Since 2019, which is the last real non-COVID year, airline fee, the money they're getting from you per passenger is up 40%. So that's only about 10 bucks, But still... Um, they're getting 40% more money from you for checked bags, seating assignments. Go look at a United Airlines seating chart. There's only about, on a full-size aircraft, there's only about 40 seats in the back that don't cost extra. Every other aisle and window seat is considered a premium seat, and they get 15 or 20 bucks extra at least for it. So, anyways, um, do your homework before you fly. All right, coming up
1: after the news, comedian Steve Trevino joins us here on The Travel Guy. Stick around.
2: here's my biggest problem with being married is the fact that my wife makes the rules but doesn't have to follow them if uh yeah if, if she wants to hang out with her friends uh she just does there's no conversation she just wakes up and leaves and I'm at home scared cause I don't know what I'm supposed to do she didn't leave a list I don't know what to wear there's no food. What am I gonna do? I can't. I can't. I can't hang out with my friends uh, without having. Uh, there's paperwork involved. Uh, I gotta have a meeting, a sales pitch.
1: Our special guest here on the travel and entertainment guy, Steve Trevino. Steve is a uh, obviously a. A comedian. We thought we'd open with a clip from one of his shows. By the way, it's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys. Links to Steve and other guests at TravelGuysRadio.com. Steve has earned the title of America's Favorite Husband. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the Travel Guys.
2: Well, thanks for having me. You know, I I laugh because you said, well, Steve's a comedian. Actually, it's all a cry for help, really. I, (laughs) I, I, I walk on stage and say, look, people, help me. And then I found it. They found it entertaining. So I just started charging for it.
1: Well, I will tell you, you, uh, you 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 hit a uh, you hit a, a warm spot there in everybody's hearts with this kind of stuff, except for maybe the wives. You speak wife fluently, uh, apparently. You know, there there are parts of your routines where some women might be offended. Do you? Do you ever run into any of that? Or have you gotten any lawsuits or what?
2: No, you know, Tom, I, I find that so funny. Because you, like me, when I started doing my kind of humor, I thought to myself, man, men are going to love me. And men are going to bring their wives to my show, and they're going to go, look, that's you. It's surprisingly the other way around. My fan base on my socials is 70% female. It's the (laughs) women that love my show and bring their husband and go, look, I am normal. (laughs)
1: Well, that's a good point. That's a good good point.
2: but, But at the same time, there's, you know, I am madly in love with my wife. And I think that comes through in my stand up. And people know that I do love my wife. I am a family man. He just drives me nuts. So I go on stage and talk about all the things that that drive me crazy about our marriage. And I try to be as honest
0: and open as possible. And it really has resonated. Steve, you started doing comedy at a very early age, as a, as a teenager, in fact.
2: Well, even before then, I was eight years old when I walked on stage as a stand-up in my second-grade talent show. Didn't know any better. Wanted to be a stand-up. There wasn't a comedy club for a million miles from me. As a matter of fact, the first comedy club that I ever walked into was the Sacramento Punchline.
1: Wow! Which, by the way, is where Steve will be performing November tenth, eleventh, and the twelfth. He's got five shows at uh, the Punchline. Uh, we'll mention that again towards the end of the show. But yeah, no kidding. That was your that was your first stand up. Now at that particular time, Steve. Obviously, you, you you like you said you started at an early age. You're obviously weren't married yet, so your your material was was dramatically different. Were you doing something like? Uh, America's favorite husband back then?
2: Yeah, no, unfortunately, no, I think I was America's favorite uh, son uh, back then, because all my humor was, was about getting in trouble with my parents. You know, I I fell in love with my wife, got married, talked about that on stage. And all of a sudden, you know, things started to really resonate. So I continued to talk about my marriage, my life, my, you know, now we have kids that we talk about. and, And it's, It's very rare, in my opinion these days, to find a comedian. I don't do politics. I don't do religion. I talk about my family. I talk about uh, how much I love America. And I talk about um, family values. And I I think that that's very rare these days. So I I really think it resonates.
0: Steve, you've uh, had some success with some television specials, also some comedy specials on TV.
2: We have. And and as a matter of fact, you know, I have always self-produced from my special relatable that was on Netflix to Till Death that is on Amazon Prime at the moment. This last one, we self-produced it and we're going straight to YouTube with it. Our special guest, Steve
1: Trevino. Steve is stand up comedian, going to be at the Punchline November 11th, 12th and 10th, 11th and 12th. Steve, you have a, a podcast with your wife, Renee. Uh weekly one. Uh, it's uh, Steve Trevio and and Captain Evil. <laughs> Why do you call your wife Captain Evil? How did the how did that name come about? Tell me a little bit about the podcast.
2: Well, you know, I, I, the name came because I would walk around the house, and anytime I was making plans to have fun, she'd always come over and and butt in. And I, I go, you know what? I go, you're like the superhero. I go, you're like Captain Evil. And then my wife came up to me and she goes, you need to put that on on stage. And I. I looked at her and I go, you're a civilian. You don't know what funny is. And I ended up doing it on stage. And now I have it's, it is my Jimmy Walker, my Larry, the cable guy, my Polly Shore. And by that, I mean that if I don't say Captain Evil on stage, people get upset. If Jimmy Walker doesn't say dynamite, people get upset. If Larry, the cable guy doesn't say get her done, you know, it has become a staple. So you know, me talking about my wife on stage, the idea behind the podcast was, well, let's get her opinion on all the things that I talk about, and let's do a podcast.
1: Steve, if you could be anything else besides a stand-up comedian, what would you uh, what would you do? Either would have done or still can do?
2: You know, I, I, my dad desperately wanted me to be in the military like he was. Um, I don't think I would have minded that, but I, I think I would have been more of a teacher. I would have loved to... To be a teacher and to um help young young children of the world uh be successful
1: oh well, they're very good, very good well it's still time you 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 be a funny teacher <laughs> a really funny teacher <laughs>
2: I would be a funny teacher, but I don't think I could say the things that I say in my
1: stand-up. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us here on The Travel Guys, okay? Uh, remind folks you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com. Of course, we'll have links to uh, Steve's uh, special videos of what he does, uh, as well as the dates for his show at the Punchline, November 10th, 11th, and 12th. Steve, thanks for spending a little bit of time here with The Travel Guys. You've been uh, You've been a real pleasure.
2: I appreciate you guys, man, and and
1: thank you for what you do. I love Steve's type of humor—one that uh, is generated by uh, you know the things that are around us, real life, you know, situations, uh, situational uh, comedy. I know there's got to be a name for it other than that, but uh, his stuff is is really funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the that's the thing—is it's it's just funny. And it's not, you know, really super offensive to people or anything like that. No, it's just, in fact, it's just I funny. listened
1: to I saw a lot of his videos and, uh, you know, there's a, you know, a, a word here or a word there. In fact, even that he, he could do a complete show without uh, a swear word and com- completely entertain everybody. Uh, he's not doesn't have to rely on bad language like a lot of comedians uh, have done over the years
0: he will be at the punchline november 10th 11th and 12th there's a link at travelguysradio.com or i'm sure if you just go to the punchline's website since i'm looking at a page i printed from it that you can get uh information and get tickets and see steve Trevino. thanks to him for taking a few minutes out and uh, thanks to you for digging up that clip i thought that was uh, that was kind of kind of fun. So yeah, what?
1: yeah. That, that, thanks to uh, Alan Rommelfinger with Daybake Break Productions, which uh, has gotten us uh, some stuff from the uh, from the Travel Channel over the years, and of course is always instrumental in our. Fabulous interview with uh, Al Petrelli and our buddies with uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Okay, we, what's next, Mark, well, in our uh, final segment?
0: Last segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the best food, foodie cities in the country. And uh, wouldn't surprise most people who are listening uh, that uh, right here in Sacramento, we found a pretty good spot on that list. The Centennials are telling us where they want to go when it comes to travel and some good news when it comes to staffing. For river cruises and and uh, river boats and ocean going vessels that that'll be all coming up in the next segment.
1: That's uh, stick around. That's coming up next right here on the Travel Guys. Yeah. Hey, John McGinnis is joining us today yeah. on the Travel Guys. <laughs> oh no, no, he's not. No,
0: but you see what you know we what, I think you... what I think we should do is we should drop in a Travel Guys liner into one of his shows.
1: Yes, yes. I just told Luis that's what I need for him to do for next week. You know how that happens, because John McGinnis shares the three o'clock hour uh-huh. with the travel guys. So every week, Monday through Friday, John's we, on at three.
0: We loan it to him during the week,
1: <laughs> and so as a result, uh, as a as a as a payback, he gets a uh, he gets a promo. Welcome, it's Mark and Tom Romano. This is the Travel and Entertainment Guys every Sunday three to four by the way i don't think they have even said it once today uh links to our special guests including uh steve trevino and how to get tickets is at travelguysradio.com that's travelguysradio.com mark you mentioned that uh Something I I don't think I've heard this come out of anybody's mouth about about any particular category until today that river cruises are getting back up to speed and and looking like fully staffed. What what's the story?
0: Yeah, the folks that run uh the American Queen River Cruises in the United States um issued a press release last week saying that for the first time in four years that their staffing was up to a hundred percent levels. And uh, just two days behind that came a release from uh, Royal from RCL, Royal Caribbean uh, Cruise Line, saying that they also were at at the highest staffing point that they had been. So uh, for whatever reason, uh, the cruise lines are having some success. I don't know if it's because they've raised the the those jobs used to be. Used to talk to those guys who worked on the cruise ships. Like up in Alaska and stuff like that, they were generally foreign-born people. They came here, worked for a year or two on the cruise ship, sent a lot of money home, um, and then went back home themselves. And it was fascinating to talk to them. Uh, but the, the wages were – it was kind of like being a, a server in a restaurant. They were working for what I'm sure would have been considered below minimum wage mm-hmm. and then uh, re, 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 relying on the kindness of the passengers uh, for the quality of the service – uh, which was always very good, uh, to to get the gratuities that would make up the rest of their, of their wages. But anyways, the cruise lines, at least, are having some success, and so that's good news. It's the first time we've had one of those stories to report. We've been talking since the top of the program about uh, the, best, the list of the best foodie cities in America. Of course, eating out has become a lot more expensive. Boy, I had a good dinner at Cattleman's last night up in Rancho. Oh yeah, Florida. yeah,
1: yeah. The, the, the Cattleman's up there off of uh, Highway 50.
0: I had not eaten there in probably uh, a long time. And yeah. went in last night on a Saturday night, had a reservation um with a friend and just had really a really a good dinner. I wish Emily was my server, Emily. She was Emily. just Yeah, she was just a delight. It was Cattleman's. Anyway, it was really good. Um, foodie sir, cities, as you might well imagine, um, are Folks in tourism here in Sacramento spent a lot of time promoting Sacramento as a farm-to-fork city. In fact, the farm-to-fork capital is a phrase that they used often. Absolutely. And yeah. So it was encouraging to see when the list of foodie cities came out that the sixth-rated foodie city on the list was Sacramento
1: number 6 pretty okay. cool
0: yeah pretty cool
1: yeah. because well, I, just to be in the top 10 is i, I would think a pretty big deal ah
0: uh, yeah with places like portland orlando miami san francisco uh let's see where else here is the top 10 sacramento of course is, is
1: this uh is this coming from our friends at wallet hub
0: <laughs> Uh, no, actually, this comes from a from a, a food tourism outlet, so it didn't come from the wallet. Oh, Hub okay, um, even more S- legitimate. Even more Seattle, Tampa. Yes, yes. Um, the Wallet Hub things yeah, is kind of sketchy from time to time. Um, Seattle, Tampa, Las Vegas. I get Las Vegas. There are lots of great restaurants there. San Diego are the top ten. The next ten: Denver, Chicago, Washington, Atlanta, Los Angeles, Pittsburgh, Portland, Maine. That's an interesting choice at seventeen. New York, Charleston, and Oakland. At twenty, but Sacramento, the sixth best uh, foodie city in the country, not too good of ranking for affordability. Of course, we're in California; that's understandable. But diversity, accessibility, and quality, Sacramento all scored very high on. So the different type, the comment was the different types of food available in Sacramento. Or here's here's the comment: the diversity of food. In Sacramento is better than it is in any even some of Sacramento's bigger and higher-rated cities. Wow! So congratulations right. to the folks who create the food in town, uh, because I'm sure they're really proud of the fact that they've made it into the top ten with some destinations that are generally considered much larger and and, and having much more diversity in food. But the fact that these folks have mentioned that is, I think, a really big deal
1: i i agree i i must have been thinking or something what did you say was the number one city the number one city
0: wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute where did we go here portland
1: portland portland yeah portland
0: portland and second is orlando that sort of makes sense because um orlando with the theme parks there has an incredible diversity of the types of restaurants Mm -hmm. But I think the Sacramento diversity has come about more organically because Sacramento didn't used to be a place known for a diversity of food. I mean, we've always had good Mexican restaurants here because we have a lot of Hispanic people who live here. And, you know, some of them are, you know, they're cooking their own food and do a really good job of it. So... It's but but the, the the incredible diversity. I think it has to do with the population. You know, we're talking about the population of our city be- has become very diverse, so the food offerings have become very diverse, and now it's becoming something that we're known for.
1: Well, you know, I know this may be a little bit of a stretch, but uh, Randy Perregary and the Perregary Restaurant uh, Enterprise. Uh, over the decades uh, has produced a a lot of a lot of great chefs, people that went on to open up their own restaurants, uh, all kind of like standalone local stuff uh, has really, you know, helped the restaurant scene. uh, And it's also encouraged other great entrepreneurials uh, to to come to Sacramento and make it their their restaurant city. Uh, But I I, think Maybe it's because I knew Randy so well. Uh, I really want to point to him as as the person and the organization that really has really elevated this the Sacramento food industry. Period.
0: Yeah. Well, when I was growing up, old Sacramento kind of brought us into the nightlife, and then as that kind of spread out, um, you know, into the, the the main part of town there, and uh, and now in 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 Midtown. Uh, there really is a, a lot of a lot of cool things happening there. Anyway, congratulations to all of the people who um, will probably toast one for the fact that they made the the top ten list. And uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't be at the top of that list. Maybe in a couple of years, so that would be cool. You, um, you latest, never know. Latest travel trends among centennials. If you uh, if you're saying, well, what is a centennial? A centennial is someone who was born after 1995. So they're also known as Generation Z, but uh, the Centennial are the youngest of our traveling groups, and they are starting to, as you can you can see now. So the the oldest would be 26, so they're starting to get to where they they, you know, they're getting past the party stages, and they're deciding what it is that they where they want to go and what they want to do when they travel. And I thought this article was was really kind of interesting. It comes uh, from travel tra- uh, travel trends. And it's they talk about the fact that workations are very popular with young people. That they are combining um, a vacation with uh, a work. They're going to a conference someplace, perhaps, and then in that destination they're staying longer, or to a neighboring destination. Perhaps they're going to New York City for a conference, and then continuing on to Maine or to Niagara Falls or to London, and and taking some time. So they're they're thinking more. Uh, and that's kind of the way that I've always done things because I travel for a living. So when I travel, oftentimes I'll say, gee, you know, I'd like to go over there and see that place when I'm done doing whatever work it is. So workcations are something that our centennial friends in their 20s are looking at. Also study trips uh, for those who are in college and early 20s kind of fits in with the workcation type idea mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. is a studycation is going someplace. And uh, this has been done for Many years, I'm sure, for folks who have you know taken a year and gone overseas, uh, inserted that into their into their college travels. But here we're talking more about students who are taking and saying, "Well, I'm going to go someplace here. This relates to my tra- to my studies, but I'm going to go and I'm going to take some extra time." Or the reason I'm going is because I want to enjoy some leisure time. In this vacation, in in this spot, too. This is something interesting enough people in their 30s and 40s have always done a lot of. So it's something that is migrating to a younger age. Also, one thing that our centennial travelers are telling us is digital experience. They want to be always connected. So they're not interested in going someplace where there is no cell phone service or no way to text or no way to get online, at least not at this point in their lives. They are uh, attached to being connected and also... They choose destinations where uh, accommodations, transportations, activities during their journey can be planned easily ahead of time. So that's uh, – they're, they're obviously – they're an online generation, so that's what they're using for. But they're using the online thing more so than ever. Um, 82% of Centennial's report that they make their travel uh, decisions – based on information they find online, that compares to 40% for boomers and 60% for the generation in the middle. So um, folks who are younger are definitely using online to be able to decide where it is they're going to go.
1: Well, look it up online, but don't necessarily book it with uh, an online company. Always, uh, Always go to the source if you can. But it's okay to do the research. Fascinating, Mark. That's great information. Centennials, born after 95. How about that? All right. By the way, we are the Travel and Entertainment Guys. We'll be back next week with more stuff to make you a smarter traveler. And check us out at TravelGuysRadio.com. In the meantime, dance like nobody's watching. Stay well, my friends. Thanks. Thanks, Louise, for uh, being with us this week. You have a great week, everybody. See you next week, right here. The traveler
0: is always leaving town. He never.